And welcome to another episode of Starting a Counseling Practice. Today's guest is Desiree Worley. She is a LCSW in New York. She works with those anxious New Yorkers. I love it. And we are going to talk about her journey into private practice in the hopes that it inspires you wherever you're at in yours. Welcome. So glad to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited (laughs) to be here. Before we started recording, you were mentioning how this has been this pandemic. We're recording this. It's March 17th, 2021. So (laughs) I'm just going to timestamp this now. Yeah. But the pandemic, there was a bit of you that was worried about it, but it's actually been a positive for your practice. Tell me more what's been going on with your practice this past year. Yeah. So the last year, I feel like I've shed so many layers. Um, of things that I thought I needed to do or ways I thought I needed my business to be mm-hmm. um, that really weren't serving me or my clients. Mm. So I feel like, you know, over the last year, it really just kind of being in that, you know, almost survival mode or crisis mode mm. made me really get honest with myself um, and think about the ways um, I was limiting or, you know, just not really um, going for the things that would make, you know, business sustainable. Mm. Um, When did you start your practice? Yeah, I started my practice in uh, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I started first online, actually, Mm -hmm. um, as a way of like dipping my toe in, getting to see what what that felt like, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to working in some of the agencies I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first two years, I was working multiple jobs to kind of, you know, make um, private practice be something that was a long-term goal, but I still really loved the agency work I was doing mm-hmm. um, and just wasn't ready to let go of that just yet. Um, you know, fast forward to a couple of years later of working a couple of jobs, I was completely burnt out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, something's got to give here. I got to, you know, again, get real with myself um, and figure out, you know, what do I need? How do I work in a way that you know, really fulfill me? You know, mm-hmm. what did I really get into this field for? Um, so that led to boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also for you to commit to your practice in a new way. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, only, I partially jokingly said boot camp because boot camp was when I like when I signed up for that. I was like, okay, like I have the tools to make this full time. Mm-hmm. I don't think without that you know, bit of resources and that community that we have, I would have been able to really, you know, feel confident, you know, really going for it. Because uh, a part of my brain was so convinced, I was like, if I leave the agencies, I'll be homeless. I'll be <laughs> like, I was convinced, like, this is a this is a long shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it wasn't. And that's what you know. I hope this you know today's talk can help other you know workers, healers, you know, all of us in the field and connected fields just know that it's not a dream. You know, that mm-hmm. it's very possible. Um, Why do you think that- anxious? I mean, as a social worker, yeah, I'm kind of curious your perspective on because I I think this is common that feeling of like my job is safe. These working in these nonprofits is what is stable. Um, where do you think that comes from, or where did that come from for you? Yeah, I think for me, um, I really doing the work in the field, especially the earlier years, like doing mm-hmm. those internships and working with really, um, really populations that really didn't get the services they're needing. 
Mm -hmm. um, I kind of realized like my initial dream of private practice, I was like, wait a minute here. Like I want to, you know, I want to really see the scope of, you know, who needs help in my city, in my borough. Mm -hmm. um, and like, what are the things I really want to open my eyes to before I, you know, get more niche or kind of, you know, um, get more focused in one direction. Mm -hmm. So I really like the, um, also like the family dynamics that you kind of create being in like a, an agency mm. like that and the camaraderie and you kind of getting through the hard stuff together. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that was like, hard to let go of. Yeah. So it's kind of like leaving the nest, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there is a sense of too, when, for me, when I worked in those systems, it felt it was very hard work but it was meaningful and it felt like there's such a need. And I think that you can get hooked into staying yeah. there. But there's also a need even in private practice, which you're discovering. And yeah. you mentioned you've had to let go of a lot. Can you talk about what specifically you've been letting go of this year? Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I want to say April of last year, I was kind of in like my own little crisis mode because <laughs> um, yes. being in New York, you know, we we're hearing like just ambulances all the time. And mm -hmm. like, I really did love the banging over the pots at seven o'clock, um, yeah. but really it was just like, it was hard to ignore how much trauma was happening. Um, and then I got an email from our governor uh, requesting that we do a whole lot of free services for mental health. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we really need to do this. Like, we need this. Um, but thankfully, April was also a working session. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I was kind of in the chat with you guys like, wait a minute, like, does my fee, like, does it still make sense during the pandemic? Or should I just hold off on that? You know, should I just wait until it's a better time? to raise mm -hmm. my fee and actually be profitable. Um, and I forget if it was you or Miranda that was like, yes, even during the pandemic, you know, keep true to your business plan. Like that's what it's there for. Um, so it was, for me, I think it was a point of kind of letting go of like the, the idealistic view of what I wanted to do and like really, you know, think of how can I make all of this happen in a way that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, again, trying to, you know, burn myself out um, and then just kind of fall flat and, again, be, you know, less of service to the people that I want to be working with. Yeah, we don't want to replicate what we already had <laughs> in our yeah. experiences of work in this field. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. hard, though, it's, especially mm -hmm. for me. I think I, I got a lot of my value from working really hard and putting Being in, in long trenches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when I was at home working for myself, I was like, why am I not staying up until 11 o'clock doing work? Like, why am I not, you know, putting the same version of myself into this? And I think that was because I was learning balance for the first time and really being able to hear myself. Um, what do you imagine would have happened had you done all the free stuff and slid your fee everywhere? Well, to be honest, I did for a few months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I just you know, in my mind, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to really go with this, you know, state plan, but I want to offer, I want to widen my sliding scale for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of gave me the permission, you know, in my practice to do that to, a, you know, a degree that felt like I could actually you know, say no and, you know, set the boundary when I needed to. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then in the fall, I was like, okay, <laughs> I've done this for, for several months. Um, and I had some you know, personal things in my life that were going on, uh, some trauma, some loss. Um, and then I got this shiny object syndrome and decided I was going to do a lot of group work on trauma and bereavement. And that's when you're like, hey, Desiree, how about that shiny object syndrome? <laughs> Be mindful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I was like, okay, slow down. Like, these are all great ideas that I will implement, but like, let's, let's really go step by step ahead of ourselves. I think that's the interesting was- part. Like life can dictate the shifts in our business because there comes a point where we can't, and it is, uh, it's okay to give back. I think it's important. And there's lots of ways to do that, but to do it in a way that's sustainable and without resentment and burnout is it's crucial, you know? Yeah. 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 So what do you love about your practice now? I love the clients I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to work with a lot of uh, Gen XYZ uh, women, LGBTQ people who are you know, looking for their authenticity. Um, and anxiety is one of the symptoms that's coming up, you know, while they're still in that inauthentic kind of state. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe people pleasing a bit too much um, and those are things I fully relate to mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of love helping other people really you know get into their own power mm. um, and figure out whether it's you know in their profession is it creativity um, or just you know well-being you know how do they expand that how do they feel you know more of themselves and where do you feel like is your next area of growth as a business owner where are you stretching yourself a little to to make change yeah so I've been working hard with my boot camp buddy um, and really trying to get myself into accountability with blogging Mm. Um, over the last year I've written so much but all of it kind of felt a little you know not enough for the moment Um, so I'm working on you know really getting blogging to be something that is uh, the authentic marketing um, that I feel comfortable with um and just kind of helping to normalize and kind of shift things that um in society we're kind of you know together you know sitting with um, mm-hmm. and just kind of amplifying some of those messages uh, through blogging and um sharing my voice mm-hmm. yeah you have I noticed that you integrate like social justice in your work and things like that and that is a beautiful way to do that to support things that you believe in, to demonstrate your values and to reach the clients who, who would benefit from a therapist who, who cares about the same things they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, we're not alone here. (laughs) (laughs) So in terms of what have been, what's like a recent milestone in your practice that, that you're really proud of? Yeah, a recent milestone. Well, I feel like I'm at a great place with the amount of um, the amount of tasks that I'm outsourcing at the moment. Mm, good for you. Because um, when I before boot camp, um, I was doing everything you know manually, like a lot of Excel spreadsheets and mm-hmm. uh, just DIYing the whole thing. Um, and I think that's what drew me to the program a little bit because it did have that element, um, but it was giving up, I think, some of the expectation to really do it all, you know, manually, uh, mm-hmm. getting, 
you know, an electronic health system that I liked and the first one I liked for the first time. Awesome. (laughs) Um, And just like accounting, having things really streamlined um, and being able to really focus back on the clinical work. And uh, that's been something I've been really looking for for a while. You know, the work-life balance, you know, an income that sustains us and also, you know, getting to do, you know, the work that's really exciting and feels good. I love that. So if anyone is kind of struggling right now with their fee and what to charge, and I think a lot of therapists are experiencing high call volumes and it's hard to turn people away and those kinds of things. What do you have to say to them? Yeah, I struggled with my fee as well. Um, And I think, you know, part of what my struggle was initially was, um, sort of the, the family and the community I grew up in, I was like, well, no one I know would pay this much for therapy. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, how am I rationalizing this to, you know, the people that I'm close with? Um, and then I realized those aren't my, you know, those aren't the people that I'm trying to work with, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, something that um, either you or Miranda reminded me is, you know, that you're people you're working with will budget for, you know, the service that is really giving them the value that they're seeking. Um, And I think um, since starting, I've really been, you know, assessing my value um, and thinking about what do I really do well? um, And how do I find the people that, you know, you know, this, this is, you know, the right value for. Right. It's that synergy of knowing who needs the kind of help that you provide. And being able for you to provide that, what's the fee that you need to sustain your business and a life so that you can be a great therapist, really, right? Because yeah. you're, you are priceless. There's no other Desiree in the world mm-hmm. like you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's yeah. really, I think these are some of the pieces of, there's lots of paths to starting a practice. And some people dip their toe in and out of the water and then try things. And then some of us build our practices. I'm kind of like you, I built mine out of burnout a little bit of, I got to do something different here. Something has Mm -hmm. to change. And it's important to not replicate the reasons we left whatever we left um, in our business, because we don't want to leave this one too. It's a great work that you're doing. So if people want to check out what you are up to and um, if they need to contact a New York therapist, um, how can they find you? Uh, My website is therapywithdesiree.com. That's D-E-S-I-R-E-E. Nice. Um, And I'm also on Instagram and some social medias. just to try to get the younger folks, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm already somehow like a grandma on Instagram, <laughs> but I'm still on there. I'm still, you know, doing my thing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Is there any other words of wisdom that you want to give the listeners today? Yeah. I just want to share um, that, you know, things are a lot more possible than you may be thinking. Um, Because I think that might have been what I may have needed to hear in the beginning of this. So I I really just, um, that gift that you have, just really try to believe in that Um, and foster it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being here. If you love this story, please share it with others and continue to follow along as we share other people's journeys in their starting and growing their practices. And we'll see you next time. All right. So 
in terms of like boot camp, can we talk about just a little bit? Yeah. What was life before boot camp like? Yeah, life before boot camp. Um, I was trying to, I was struggling to really figure out like what to put first. Um, and, you know, wanted a whole lot of things, but wasn't sure like which one is going to make the most impact. Um, and again, kind of burnt out. So my thinking wasn't even, you know, super clear. Um, and I, I really just wanted something to, you know, be a support, be, have the tools um, to really show me what I didn't even know I, I didn't know. Yeah, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. So I was feeling, you know, less than confident, but really wanted to make it, um, really wanted to take the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and very nervous, um, but but hopeful. And what is life like now after boot camp? Um, I'm still working on boot camp, um, but my <laughs> well, you've been in boot camp how long? This Sorry. will be my fifth round. Yeah, I mean, like April. Yeah, yeah. Each time is like another like layer of crap that I like shed. Hmm. Um, but really, I feel like it's night and day at this point. Um, you know, before I was, you know, part-time renting a couple of offices, like really just piecing things together. Um, and now just everything's flowing smoothly. I'm not worried about, you know, my career. I'm not worried about, you know, the other shoe dropping. Um, mm. I feel really connected and that, you know, just frees up my mind to do even better work um, and just be able to you know, get, get even more joy from it. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And what would you say to someone who's considering boot camp that they're not sure? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I would say it's, you know, no matter where you are in your field, in your practice, you're going to find something that you need. Um, if you're beginning, you're going to find everything. <laughs> um, and I think for me also, it helped me realize, you know, some of the things that I needed to tweak um, so I think it's really going to help you grow, going to help you um, feel confident um, just doing the things that, doing the thing you love. Awesome. Yeah. I love having and you in boot camp. Also the there. community. The community yeah. has been awesome. What's been great about that? How is it different from other communities? Well, I had to, you know, step away from social media a bit, especially over the last year. Um, and I missed kind of the the groups and the colleagues that I was connecting with there, but on the, you know, on the app, I'm able to kind of go in and just, you know, see what, you know, everyone else is up to kind of check in, get some ideas um, and also connect with my battle buddies and people across the country. So, you know, it's like almost like check-ins of like validating our <laughs> collective um, realities. I love that without being on social media. Yay. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just positive, just growth mostly. Um, and it felt good. That's Talking awesome. about the important stuff also. You know? Yeah. And not get distracted into all the other things that go on in social media land yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we love having you in boot camp. Thank you for sharing your story and Thank for being you. a part of our community because you're what makes our community amazing too. Thanks. Please know that. Every time you post, I love it. I can't wait to see you in the next round.